Plus, it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Uh, today is a new month, which means it's a new episode of The Wrestling Satchel Part 2. Satchel. Welcome back to Sons of Flip Radio, your number one podcast about the art and sport of professional wrestling. I'm your co-host, Thomas Lisi. Always join with the most handsome man in the room, Alex Drain. Alex, what's up? Hey, Tom. Good morning, man. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. We, we had The Wrestling Satchel last month, and we had about 20 questions and after we were done with the episode, we were like, you know what? We're going to do this every month. Yeah. That's a good way to, like, you know. Give to, back to, to the to listener. To give back and to engage with everybody who's been following us and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a thank you for people sending in the questions. So, once again, thank you for, you know, we have a full satchel here. Because <laughs> Indiana Jones had one. Don't forget it. And um, so did Alan from The Hangover. Right. And it's not a man purse. It's a satchel. It's a satchel. <laughs> it's a satchel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we ha- again, we have like 20 to 25 questions. We really appreciate you reaching out to us on Facebook and Instagram. All the posts that we've been posting, we've been getting answers, and we really thank you for that. And uh, today was the first time I showed Alex our new business cards, and he was stood in shock and awe. And the first thing he said was, I'm going to hand these out to everybody that I know. Yeah, they, they're, oh my God, I don't even know. Like, to see it in a picture is one thing, but to actually physically hold on to it is actually pretty dope. Yes, it is. And they're not like a typical business card. It's like a two, two and a half by two and a half square. It's, it's a square, not a rectangle. <clears throat> yeah, it's like man. the squared circle of, of business cards. See? There you go. How about that? Wow. Wow. And this we have... He's a thinking man. <laughs> we he's have a real a, man's man. We have a new addition to the uh, podcasting room. We have... Or the studio. I keep calling it a podcasting room. It's a... It's a fucking studio. It's, that's what it is. It's a studio. If I have to get a sign that hangs out on the door that says this is a studio, then you know you want. We should get an on-air sign. That's what I want to get. I want to get an on-air sign. Just like click it, and it just like we hang it up outside of the like on the frame, kind of. I'm going to the just old click Amazon. It. See what they got. Yeah, uh, I got a couple new wrestling toys that Christine bought, but more important than that, we are now graced. Like Jesus hanging in a living room in an Italian household, we have a picture of Macho Man Randy Savage, eight eleven by fourteen frame, literally right next to us on the wall, underneath our logo, and he's pointing up to the galaxy, to the heavens. No, he's not talking Ultimate Warrior. He's just pointing straight up to the galaxy and the heavens. Am I right, Alex? That's right. Because he, he's trying to <clears throat> he's trying to say that this podcast is going up. It's going up. It's it, As it is. Cameron Grimes would say. To the moon. To the moon. This podcast is going to the moon. Pretty soon you're going to see sponsorship sponsorship from somebody out there that's going to sponsor us. We'll take anything. Toilet paper, paper towels, beer. Um, well, you, you have you have gout, so maybe it's just a... <laughs> no, um, beer. What, what we can get you? A, 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 a seltzer? A seltzer or a cider. A seltzer. Yeah. I'll, nah. take, I'll take the beer, though. Please yeah, send He'll take the way. beer, yeah. Nah, but we're going to be reaching out to different uh, businesses uh, within the next couple of weeks to talk about possible sponsorship and possible uh, mainstream marketing because this podcast is growing the numbers as each episode does go by. Mm-hmm. It really is. But To our uh, fans, what were you talking about in, uh, in Ontario, Canada? Yeah, apparently we have 27 people that listen to this podcast in Ontario, and thank you to our neighbors of the north. Wow. 27 uh 27 27 27 27 27 connect or 27 people that listen to us up in canada 
Because what happens is on Podbean, they give you a distribution map of the whole country. So we have people listen to us in India, in Italy, Australia, Canada, Germany, France. Two people in the United Kingdom. No one in Africa. No one in South America. No one in Mexico. And the rest is the United States. But the United States. No, no luchas listening. No luchas. No, no, no lucha libres are listening to us. A lot of our numbers are on New Jersey. We have some on the West Coast, some in the Midwest. So we're spread all over the map. Nice. Which is pretty cool. And we really thank you for that. Yeah. We so, hit all areas. I love it. Yeah. So last week we talked about uh, with Jeff Noyes, the pay-per-view retro fest of, you know, what makes a good pay-per-view. And, yeah. And shout out to Chef no- uh, Jeff Noyes. Chef, <laughs> Chef Noyes. <laughs> shout out to Chef Noyes. Chef Noyes. <laughs> Jeff Noyes. Thank you for coming on yeah. uh, the last few podcasts. We do appreciate it. It's man. been awesome. You're definitely an honor, uh, honorary third member. And shit, you're just a third member. Yeah. When we call, you come in. <laughs> you come in. Yeah. I really appreciate that, Jeff. Thank he you. He is our, he's our heavy. Jeff's our heavy. What do you mean? Like he's our diesel to Sean Michael. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what am I then? You're just heavy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a heavy man. <laughs> just a heavy. I'm just a heavy man. If we really had a faction, I wonder what the three of us would call it. <laughs> the new day. <laughs> <laughs> no. I knew that would piss you off. Uh, well, it does kind of piss me off because... We are seeing the new day. I mean, they're still in popularity. I mean, one of them is the tag team champions. The other part's Big E, but who hasn't been? He on was on SmackDown. He was. he was on SmackDown this past Friday. He had a little backstage segment with the Street Profits, basically saying that the new day is going to beat them in Survivor Series. Got it. Got it. Like got right it. now, this program, the programming in the WWE is staying stagnant. You're starting to see some. It always does between between Survivor uh, uh, Series. Yep, correct. Because there's so much anticipation, so much energy goes into the whole brand versus brand stuff now. Yeah. That the storylines kind of get pushed under the bridge. They but put them on pause. Like people yeah. have, have used that phrase that they just pause feuds and then mm-hmm. they'll pick them up the Monday and the Friday after. A couple feuds that are starting to, to see develop is we saw the return of Carmella this past week on Friday Night SmackDown and she attacked Sasha Banks after retaining the women's championship against Bailey, which. Which is something that we called because we knew that it was it wasn't going to just go off and finish it. There was going right. to be that rematch, and it yep. did happen on SmackDown, and it actually opened the episode. It always does. And then Carmella came and super kicked her and attacked her. So we're going to see a Carmella, Sasha Banks storyline after she faces Asuka at Survivor Series, and it's a good opponent for for Sasha because Carmella's back. New gimmick. You got to make Sasha look strong. And honestly, there's no way. I don't and she, think that. She finally retained. Yes. She, she finally so did that, retain. So that is big, and I believe they did touch on that. So kudos to them for finally turning into the skid and actually bringing that to television and using that as part of the storyline. Yeah, Very po- smart. You know, we all knew it. I had made mention of it several times. It's 27 before. days. 27 days. Unsuc- and she's she before that she had previously only won the championship on like Monday Night Raws. Yeah. Um in the past. I know she beat Charlotte in like a mm-hmm. false count anywhere submission match, I remember, because she gave her the bank statement through like a railing on the stairs or yes, something like that. I, I do remember that. And uh no, I mean this is good this is good for both female wrestlers because you want Carmella to get the popularity in her new gimmick and then you want Sasha to look strong. So it's kind of a win win if you're a fan of each wrestler again if you're a real wrestling fan you don't expect your wrestlers to win every single match if that was the case then that would not be fun yeah definitely no. that's that's the difference between wrestling fans like real wrestling fans and just fans that watch the program because right. if you're a real wrestling fan then you actually look into the in-depth of the storytelling and figure out oh this is why this person lost yeah 
And so, you know why, you know when, you know how. It's just, you know, be surprised when it does happen. If it doesn't, which a lot of the times, you know, they swerve us and shit. Yeah, so. and then and then once you watch hours and hours of programming like us schmucks, then you realize <laughs> why that, that yeah. person actually does lose. Right. So, and then uh, tonight, I, I want to talk about something before we pull out the question. Tonight on Raw, because this is Monday morning, we're recording this, we're going to see Alexa Bliss host Drew McIntyre on A Moment of Bliss. Now... If anyone hasn't been watching Raw, it's been a three-way of The Fiend, McIntyre, and Orton. So Orton's in the middle. On one side, he has The Fiend. On one side, he has McIntyre. They both want revenge. Wyatt wants revenge from when he set up his his compound on fire a couple years ago when Orton was actually a member of the Wyatt family. Yes. And, of course, we have a tale as, as old as time of the former champion trying to get his title back. So where does this go, honestly? This is going to be set up as a triple threat match, in my opinion, but this is going to be for TLC, which is going to be after Survivor Series. Yeah. So somebody's, you know, somebody's going to not take the pin. You know, that normally when you do a triple threat, it's always somebody's there to eat the pin who can afford to lose in that way. Who can afford? I think I think McIntyre can afford to lose. Absolutely. So McIntyre, I think, would take the pin again because, again, you, you're you teasing Orton being champion for months m- months and months and months. He's losing to Keith Lee on pay-per-views. He's losing uh, to McIntyre twice in a row. So Randy Orton had a three-month losing streak on pay-per-views. Right. So I don't think they're trying to bury Orton or bury his gimmick of, his, of a, being a champion this Although, quickly. Um, to cut you off. I, they did put up something that was very interesting yesterday. I'm sure you've seen it. Was, you know, he's a 14 time champion. Yeah, his reigns were very short. They were like odd. Like I didn't expect that at all. I think the longest reign that he had was, was when plus days. Yeah. Well, he was the champion going into WrestleMania when mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan beat him. So he won that title actually at SummerSlam. Because remember, he cashed in. Triple H turned on Brian. He cashed in. So that's the end of August. B-plus player, yeah. Yeah, so that's like three, four, like seven-month reign. Yeah. As being like the... What's it? The top guy. Yeah, but undisputed champion. Undisputed champion, Because he had two belts. So that's when Brian, the infamous moment, he wins the triple threat match at WrestleMania 30, which was actually a good main event. Like, when we talk about WrestleMania main, main events... Yeah. In the past 10 years. Because it was a storyline that continued through the whole Mania. Yeah. Like, because you got another match. Yeah, like, if you really look at WrestleMania main events in the past 10 years, right? Because it was... Yeah, I mean, that's definitely up there. And then a a couple other main events. I mean, obviously, Seth Rollins cashing in, that was controversial, and that was surprising. But, like, you had Roman against Undertaker. The main event for your in New Orleans was Roman against Brock, and no one thought that Brock was going to win, but he really did. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, The Miz beating Cena with The Rock's help. That was, again, just fuel for Rock and Cena. Then you had Rock and Cena back-to-back main events, WrestleMania. But, I mean, out of all those, I think the Daniel Bryan match does stick out. And that was Orton's longest title run. So, we'll see how far it goes with him. But Yeah, because who, who knows what story they're trying to tell there. Like, is this uh, meant for him and Edge setting up? I know, think it is meant now? for him and Edge, yeah. It's a long way. It's a long way to tell a story that I, I I know Edge is hurt and stuff, and we were happy to have him back, but now I just don't. Do you really care. like? Do you want to see it? Like I really don't I, care. I don't. If if he was around now, then it might be a little bit different. But um, again, who knows? Because they could have 
just bored us to death. Again, it's it all depends on on what you like in a program. I mean, this storyline has yeah. started off with Edge making his triumphant return. You're seeing glimpses of the old rated RKO at the Royal Rumble. Right. Then Edge basically throws Orton out, turns on him. You know. Yeah. And then, then the following day, yeah, on Monday. And then Orton slithers in like a snake and gets his uh, revenge and sets up a Mania match. Right. It was the longest Mania match of WrestleMania. It was like 41 minutes or something I think they like had that. the longest match on the pay-per-views they that did. preceded that also. So. They did. It was. I didn't like that match, I remember. I mean, it's just it's hard to have... Uh, and it was going to be longer or last, something, but yeah. they had to cut it and it was, whatever. So. Yeah, it was hard to have a last man standing match at the Performance Center with no fans. But you back it up with the greatest wrestling match of all time. Edge gets hurt, and now he's on the shelf. Now the whole storylines are flip flops. So they got to wait for him to come back, which right. is going to be WrestleMania season. That's why Royal Rumble is such an important pay per view because it's going to determine so many storylines coming out of this year and going into WrestleMania. And what I like about that is that like there's so much anticipation for that one pay per view. There it's is normally WrestleMania where you're anticipating it. And but this time the Royal Rumble, like however it goes, determines where you're going afterward. And there's at least three or four scenarios. You know, I can comfortably say this that right now the storylines that are being built in the WWE with Roman, with Randy Orton, it's gonna be carried all the way to some to Royal Rumble. Yeah. So like yeah. even though say if Randy say if um Daniel Bryan challenges Roman for the title mm-hmm. before leading up to and at Royal Rumble, for example. You know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like, real wrestling fans know that this yeah. is either going to be Rock and Roman or it's going to, again, whoever wins the Royal Rumble determines everything. Right. Biggie, that's that's what it is. Biggie and Roman. Yeah. Yep. So, but. Yeah, let's, we'll see. Let's, I mean, time, let's, time will tell. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. Let's God take it as so. it is. Yeah. So. I mean, tonight's an episode of Monday Night Raw. I haven't heard much about it. I mean, the past SmackDown was just... Probably after we go off air, they'll announce a couple yeah. extra matches. I know they announced, writing. they announced Elias versus Hardy versus Riddle for the final spot of the, on the men's team. Snooze. So, Just give it to Riddle. Yeah. with it, please. Because, I mean, if you look at the, the Raw, right now the 5-5 five and five match, you have Lee, Strowman, Styles, and Sheamus representing Raw. And then so, on Smack- so, it is, so go over that again. It's uh, Lee, mm-hmm. Styles... Sheamus and uh, Strowman. Okay, so Strowman's a tweener. Um, Sheamus heel. He's a heel. AJ heel. heel. Lee face. Lee's it's a gonna face. be a face. Yeah. It's either gonna be Riddle or Hardy, and I think that sh- I think Elias may cost Hardy, so I'll say Riddle. Mm. And then we're gonna keep going with that. Even though they could be burying Riddle for the whole sexual allegation stuff, still, so it could be hard. It's either gonna be Hardy or Riddle. I highly doubt Elias is gonna win. No, you. It's probably going to be um, Hardy, uh, Riddle, Riddle. Yeah, and then on SmackDown we have because Seth, he also yeah. has history with AJ too. He does. So you know, again, we were talking last week where storylines can come out of Survivor Series, which is what next Sunday, right? Uh, yeah. So our next show could is be it? our preview show, I think. I th- yeah, it could be I next Sunday. So, yeah, yeah. And then on the men's team, uh, being represented on for SmackDown are Seth Rollins, um. Uh, Corbin one, right? Yeah, Corbin, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Jey Uso. Yeah. So that's going to be a f- definitely a face. So whoever Whoever's in that match, it's, it's going to be a face that's going to be on that team. 
because you have three heels and a face, and you got to do like the even math a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. And again. then again, set up storylines for later. Mm-hmm. So let's see where that goes. Yeah. So I mean, if you're a real wrestling fan, you'll know that even though the teams are three heels and one face, you know that they're not going to add another heel to that team. Right. And now we see. We also saw that Murphy. I think Murphy's playing decoy with mm-hmm. uh, Seth because um, he broke away from Aaliyah for like five minutes and was basically kind of aligned himself back with Rollins, he, even though it's a big ploy. I think it's I think he's it's setting just, up something for TLC. He's setting something up, yeah. yeah. So maybe that'll blow over at Survivor Series too. Which I we'll seen see. that coming months ago when you started to see that turn. Yeah, you know, um, start to kind of take place. So. For it to be where it is right now, it's like, okay, predictable. I mean, yeah, it is predictable. But, but I still do want to see it. Absolutely. Like, I, I actually still do care about You're it. Because I mean, they gave you a little bit newer wrinkle. Aside from jumping shows, you have the addition of Aaliyah in there. Um, and so Rey Mysterio and Dominic are still kind of lingering at some point. But then you have the actual story of Seth versus Murphy. Yeah. Which is going to be a banger. It will be. They they did wrestle a couple weeks ago on uh, on SmackDown, but I thought you were going to say superstars. <laughs> that'd be cool if they did. No, but I mean, we brought this whole storyline from Raw to SmackDown, and it is kind of. I think that it, it would have been the same if it was on Raw, and it would have been the same if it was on SmackDown. It doesn't Didn't matter. matter show. show this program. Yeah. This this storyline is still going. Of can Rey Mysterio trust Murphy to be her his daughter's boyfriend, basically? And still going after Seth Rollins. So basically the way I see this going is I see Murphy saving Mysterio from Rollins and then the family embracing Murphy as a positive person to be around their daughter. Okay. Or you can do a double turn and then you thought he was turning on Seth and he doesn't and then he turns on Mysterio Uh, and then it's really complicated. And then it's super stretched out. Yeah, remember Seth is going to take time off also. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Becky Lynch is due in December. Ironically, December is TLC. Okay. Yep. That's it. There so, it is. Book it. There it is. Book mark it, it down. M- book it. M- mark it down. Zero. Mark it zero. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, welcome back to the Wrestling Satchel. Now, the Wrestling Satchel, we had so much success after our first one that we did that we decided to bring it back. And we're going to bring it back every month where you, the listener, determines the questions statements outcomes anything that you want wrestling related is on a piece of paper in our little satchel aka wicker basket we're shaking it up we got about 20 questions i think this is a great idea what do you think a satchel it's a, it's it's the should satchel we, should we buy a satchel a little messenger bag a little messenger so what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth and we're going to pick these questions and we're going to answer them full-heartedly 100% truth. We're not going to lie. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. That's just because that's 100% what... 100% our truth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So here's our first question of the Wrestling Satchel Part 2. From my wife, Christine wow. Lisi. If you were... <laughs> Convenient. This is rigged. This is this a is rigged, rigged election. This is rigged. If you were able to referee one match in WWE history, what would it be? Wow. Any match in WWF history. Oh, that's a loaded question. You told her what to write down. No, she actually picked it. I said, it, I, well, it was funny. We we're sitting down watching football last night. And I'm like, I need some questions. And she's like, okay. And then she uh, just like spit like three or four off. She, look at she's a wrestling savant. <laughs> I know. What match would I want to referee if I was a referee? Any match of all time, WWE history. Well, now think, about, now think about it because the ref controls the pace and mm-hmm. controls what's going on. Um, the good ones. 
Yeah. See, I just—I would just want to be in the in the ring with Macho Man. This is this is such a loaded question because you really got to think of all the matches of all time that happened and where you want to be for that it's moment. It's the equivalent of what's your favorite match of all time. Yeah, almost. You know, because the other thing is, aside from watching it, you're actually in the ring with it. Yeah, that would be my answer. But you know, um, <clears throat> WrestleMania three, of course, Steamboat yeah. Savage. But I'll, I'll jump you here. I'll answer it first. Rock Austin. Which one? <laughs> all three. All three <laughs> of them, right? All three of them. Yeah. Triple duty. And if not, and it, if, gun to my head, I would have to say uh, Hogan Rock. Although I hate yeah. him, that would just for <laughs> not the Rock, uh, Hogan, for um, the atmosphere. Like if you didn't feel that in your bones, like come on. I mean, obviously, for me, it's the New Day's first title reign. As <laughs> no, fuck that noise. Can't say that with straight um, I, I, I like that choice that you did. For me, I would say WrestleMania 30, uh, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. Wow. Wow. Good. Uh, That's excellent. Even though. Or like, not Not even. Uh, not even. What was it? Uh, In Your House, Bad Blood, where Kane appears? No. No, not even that. No. Not the first ever Hell in a Cell match. I just think because. I am a lifelong, lifelong loyal Undertaker fan. In the streak, I want to be. I would like to be in the ring when the streak ended. Could you just, count three? Just to Could see. You count three. I can hit three right. with or, tears. With tears coming down my face, right. I can count to three. Or I mean, you can say the screw job, because you were really, you would be really involved in that. Yeah. No, I mean, as much as I remember, I, we were listening to one. Ep- I was listening to one episode, and you brought up a good point about Bret Hart, where. He was there for 12 years, and during those 12 years, he did a lot, so it's his time to go. I remember you mentioned that. And I think for me, I would rather be in the Undertaker streak, the ending of the streak match, only because the fact that no music played after the three count happened and the fact that everyone was in mass hysteria and mass confusion about what actually happened. And they did that right by not playing music, too. They did it right. Like, in a nut, like certain they did things, it. they did it. They did it for the wrong. They, they did, did it for it. the people. They did the right thing. Um, you know, certain things that little nuances is the word I'm looking for. Um, not playing the music is so huge. You know, it's like, wow. Normally you get whoever wins, you get their music. Yeah. But this, there was a long pause. I heard it was like between three to five minutes, give or take before they actually did play music. Yeah. It was like three minutes because everybody was so confused and the camera was just camera angles. I mean, the, the shock and awe guy who has his own shirt now. Yeah. Yep. The Dan O'Brien fan. There was just every fan was either crying, confused, emotional. It doesn't matter what it was, and they kept showing crying. Yeah. Yeah. They they just kept showing replays of it, and they posted on the jumbotron twenty one and one. I would want to be there for that moment. I felt like when I went back to New Orleans, I like I wasn't there for that, but I went when they went back for um, was that thirty three, um, thirty four, yeah, thirty four, because thirty five was New York, um you can still feel like there was remnants of that electricity yeah. during the WrestleMania I seen again in new Orleans still left over. It was like a hangover from before for it from that actual match. Yeah. And the best part about in, in it's like underrated because it was so good. Um, and the storytelling was so superb, which undertaker Lesnar. No, no well that, but the whole WrestleMania itself 30 um, for 30 was pretty good. I don't agree with some of the outcomes, like Bray Wyatt shouldn't have lost, but go ahead. Well, no, no. I, I was 
kind of getting there. Yeah. But, you know, from start to finish, it was really compelling. And it was hard to put different. We were talking about match placement, right? We always do. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't put it better together. You know, like it had to fit that way. And luckily, I forgot who was the next match after The Undertaker, but good luck with that one. Um, had it wasn't be, the main event, though. No, 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 because we know what the main event was. Yeah. Um, which had to be. It started. And it ended with, with that, Brian, ended, yeah. yeah. Um, and The Undertaker had to be, like, smack dab in the middle or closer probably towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just well done. Like, yeah. Uh, that's definitely my top because that was the one that actually got me back into wrestling. It, it was a sure. great mania. The only thing that I would say that kind of sucked was the fact that Undertaker did get a concussion during the match and he didn't know what was going on. And he still doesn't. And he still, he doesn't. still doesn't. He still doesn't know. He remembers being in the hospital, being in the pitch black because the lights were bothering him and all that stuff for like mm-hmm. three or four days. They so, say if you have a concussion, like your pupils, like one is more dilated than the other. It's like yeah. weird. So remember, yeah. when you're a referee, you got to realize that too. When the undertaker is not responding to any th- spots that you're saying. So I mean, also for that reason, that'd be. I mean, but for me, just because of that environment, yeah, so you would have called it. <laughs> Stop hurting it, Brock. Stop hurting. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> All right. You want to pick the next one? Sure. Mm, I need like satchel tossing music. Well, that, sound, that sounds <laughs> bad. <laughs> I'm going to toss your satchel. Yeah. All right. It's from Jay Tullock. Uh, does Ted DiBiase deserve some credit for uh, the uh, for the man who became stole cold? I seen this last night. I think I was looking at it. And I was trying to think of um, how I would answer it. But that's a good question. Um, absolutely. Everybody always has some claim to making somebody else. But uh, Ted DiBiase, for sure. I uh, had him as the million dollar champion. Um, the ringmaster. The ringmaster, most importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, he deserves uh, he was using, not some of the credit, a lot of the he credit. He was using the million-dollar sleeper as his finisher Correct. move when he came back. Yep. Or when he got into the WWF. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Do you want to? Yeah. I mean, with that, I mean, it was interesting because he came in as, as you know, the ringmaster, Steve Austin. He was being guided by Ted DiBiase. And this is his first four-go into WWE at this it point, is, right? Yeah, because yeah, he was at with WCW and, and stuff before that in uh, ECW, mm-hmm. I think, as well. Former United States champion, a stunning Steve Austin. Stunning which, Steve. Yeah, yep. because they're actually making an elite figure of that. Really? Yeah. With the hair and everything? Yeah, with oh, the hair and beautiful. everything, yeah. That's great. But he gets brought in by Ted DiBiase. And uh, again, when you're aligned with someone of a veteran like DiBiase, who I'm sure he wrestled in different promotions, you get the rub. that's how it is, you get the rub. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase will go down as one of the greatest heels to never be a world champion, even though he technically he was, but not Agreed. really of all time. He doesn't yeah. get enough credit, I think, for what he did in the ring as far as a promo, as, as far as vignettes. He's a big man. Yeah, Ted DiBiase, he he was a worker. Like, he could have gone... I remember he won 48 minutes in one Royal Rumble. He did a couple lengthy matches like that. He Remember, he was the guy that Macho beat at WrestleMania uh, 4 to become right. champion. Correct. A lot of people forget about that. In the that. tournament, right? Yeah, in the tournament. A lot of people forget about how great the vignettes were of him leading into the WWF with basically Virgil, his bodyguard, and just he- hating on the crowd, making fun of kids when you're like, you know, six and seven years old. It's great right. heat. It was great heat, but I think that Stone Cold obviously was a ten times better character after he was done with DiBiase. But I think some of the heel tactics that Austin did use it when rub, the birth rubbed off on him in the birth of Stone Cold at the uh, famous King of the Ring promo '96 did, did come off on yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Because Ted DiBiase did play the arrogant 
asshole who had all the money. So right. basically, Steve Austin he played, played his character, played the arrogant asshole yeah. tough guy, not with a lot of money, just being the rough every and man. rugged. Yeah. Every man, yep. Yeah, the every man's man. So absolutely, Ted DiBiase does get some credit for Stone Cold. That's a good question, Jay. Thank you. Next question. Should we bring Jay on the show one day? Oh God. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever serious or not. No, or he's I, just I, I, to be... I want them to. I want him and Ed to come on the show. We have four microphones now. Well, they'll probably share that one. The third one is a little air. Again, from my wife. <laughs> You're gonna piss yourself. Did Ryback really need more food? <laughs> you ever watch his videos of him eating fucking sandwiches? No. You never watch those? No. It, it's it's disgusting. But he's just sitting there. He goes and he grabs. Let's say it's well, like, like a Big a, Mac or like any like, sandwich, like a Big Mac, a Whopper. I think one of the episodes had to do with a Whopper, and he's eating the impossible one, and then he's eating a regular Whopper, and I, I don't know, he's just eating in his car. Um, oh, they're all in his car. Well, this one was. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know if they all are. That's so right back eating fast seen. food in his car. That's where he is right now. Yeah, and he's like rating it, and he's just watching big guys eat. I don't know. It's weird, because he this guy just like scarfs it down. It, I was gonna it's, say it's very yeah. awkward. <laughs> like it's it's not like ASMR. Is that? Oh god, yeah. No, it's gross. But does he really need more food though? <laughs> <laughs> when Christine asked me that question, I was like, "Are you serious?" She goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh my god." Put it in the satchel. Yeah, put it in the satchel. Oh uh, does Ryback god. really need more food? Well, to keep his gimmick going, is the feed me more? I'm guessing. Oh uh, yes. yeah, I guess he yeah, does. He he needs all the food that he can get if he's going to keep that gimmick going. But honestly, he's not in that gimmick. He's more of just doing Twitch and doing cameos and doing promotions with himself. So I would say no. He's but, doing like supplements right now. I think. Yes, yeah. but if it was with. If he was with the WWE, then he needs all the food that he can get. Yes. Got to feed the machine. Feed me s'mores. Yes. All right. God. All right. Next uh, question. Oh, it's yeah, my you're pick, up. right? <laughs> Hopefully this one isn't from Christine. <laughs> it might be. How many does she have in there? Uh, three, I think. No, it's uh, what, your sister, Lauren? Yeah. All right. Lauren writes, uh, what do you think was the biggest missed opportunity for a storyline? Man, again, I seen this one and I didn't know. I had all night to think about it. Biggest missed opportunity. I don't think we have enough time yeah. today to go over that because I, your sister watches regularly, right? Yeah, because so my brother-in-law she, she watches She knows it. as well yeah. as I do how many things that they missed or they just mm-hmm. – and what defines a miss? Like you can say they did it but then just missed what they should have done yeah, with it. Yeah, not enough time. Or they just didn't even do it. So it's very, it's yeah. very hard. Uh, I think the Nexus is a missed opportunity, honestly. The Nexus was brought in as a stable that was going to just run havoc through WWF and just cause so much pandemonium and so much discomfort. And Super Cena goes on them. Super Cena goes over on all of them and, and takes them out. Mm. So remember, at Nexus was a faction that came out of NXT when NXT was kind of getting born. So you had Wade Barrett, you had Heath Slater, you had um, Daniel Bryan, you had Ryback, you had Bray Wyatt, you had Justin Gabriel, Justin Gabriel, a couple other guys, Antonio Tarver, Darren Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like eight or nine guys that basically very a green. Lot of, a lot of guys. Yeah, very green, young up and coming stable. Made a surprise attack on Punk and Cena, took them out on Raw, completely changed the format, and mm-hmm. then it was just a three, four long, five long or five month long 
program at Cena that really kind of all revolved around is John Cena going to join the Nexus and that was it. So like right. the fact that what the Nexus did and the fact that they made such a statement was kind of a missed opportunity. I think it was so much, too much focused on what Cena was going to do. Right. So it didn't, it took the emphasis off of this new group that came in exactly. very hot. Yeah. So you missed the storytelling because you were so obsessed with John Cena still. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, That's a, that was definitely a missed opportunity in my opinion. Well, there's a lot of missed opportunities. Um, the luster. No, I mean, that opportunity was all there. Yeah. Even though, I mean, okay, a missed opportunity was definitely another one. It's definitely Macho Man's length of being a champion. Yeah. Or other other people being champions as well. Um, when you think about it, um, you know, you just brought up uh, Ted DiBiase. You know, th- this is a lot. This isn't just a specific. This is like a long term career thing yeah. where they missed the opportunity there. Uh, you know, your boy, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. They missed Rick the boat Rude. There. Oh, Rick Rude. Oh, my God. I feel bad for him because. Yeah. He was definitely more than uh, an IC champion. Yeah, so right there, there's a, there's missed opportunities of wrestlers not being champions. And, it, and yeah, and here's another one. Like we back. always said, perfect, rude, DiBiase, Owen Hart, even all these guys. Yeah. Perfect, perfect opportunity to answer this question would definitely be missed opportunities and wrestlers being a champion of, yeah. of some kind, not just being a mid card champion, actually holding the world title belt, yeah. even if it was for like a week or two. The fact that you gave this somebody different should have been there. Yeah. But you were so focused on programming, you're so focused on what you're selling that you had to have, you had to have Hogan be the champion during the Golden Era or get the belt back in a way that made him stronger than what he already is. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely that's missed. missed the boat with um, with Owen. Obviously, you know we, we all know how that ended, unfortunately. So, you know they they had opportunity and they they took advantage of it early when they did the storylines with the Hart family and you know him and his brother. But then it phased out once Brett left. Obviously, we know they gave him that contract um, because they felt bad for it. But I also think that they missed the boat with um, Booker T. Yes. Um, King Booker or Booker T? Well, the King Booker gimmick was pretty he damn was, good, He was man. a world heavyweight champion when he yeah. was King Booker. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they he didn't have that much of a run with it. But No, he the lost to Batista at right. Survivor Series. But I think, the, um, I, I think he could have really done some... Some really good stuff. Booker T is hilarious too. He is, yeah. yeah. You also had uh, him and uh, Vince McMahon doing those promos that aren't really too PC nowadays no. either. But <laughs> um, so that's uh, comedic gold right there. <laughs> but. All right, next question from my brother Anthony writes: If Trump loses, so this is before Joe Biden was announced president. If Trump loses, does he make a WWE comeback as a manager? <laughs> He's got nothing else to do. As as much as it'd be funny to see Donald Trump come back to WWE and because he actually is in the Hall of Fame, I think for right now I would say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. for sure. I mean, I I I, th- I know he mentioned something like a Zeb Coulter comeback. He said like, uh, oh good lord, make 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 him be like Zeb Coulter. Um, no, I mean, do I see McMahon and Trump maybe doing something while Trump is not in office? You never know. Again. Linda McMahon was under uh, cabinet, Trump's right? cabinet. Small and, business association yeah, stuff. Right? And they worked in the past. I mean, if you look at how WrestleMania 4 and 5, the only WrestleMania to be held in back-to-back locations, it was at, it was at Trump um, event, uh, Trump Casino, the, the event center in Atlantic City. Trump Plaza, right? Trump Plaza, back-to-back years, WrestleMania 4 and 5. So there is the, the partnership has been there since... 31 years ago 
Yeah. Will he come back as a manager? As funny as it would be, I would say no. But no, I think that ship has sailed. I that think ship you also has have a different fan base right now that aren't really too keen on him. Yeah, I mean, not everybody likes him. Obviously, that's right. why he didn't win the presidency again. But you, you know, the heat that you would generate oh would God. be through the roof storylines and heat yeah but the chairs would be melting yeah. it's so hot in there <laughs> yeah you know but that again he is a he is a president so i mean you would have to have secret service at all the raws oh it's oh, yeah yeah that's yeah, true it is, that's, so. see that's a good point too. yeah it's not gonna so work. logistically that can't logistically work. <laughs> no but in a comedic aspect with their uh relationship from the past i would say why not yeah uh, my turn huh? yeah shane what you think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the wrestling satchel. Boo doo boo from Jason Lasso. What do you got? Uh, if you were given the opportunity, would you watch the tape of Owen's death? Uh, you know what? I oh, I knew I was gonna get this fucking question. <laughs> uh, this is like, um, mm. oh, man, I, I'm too. I know of it, but I'm too young to have seen these. I think it's Faces of Death. Yes. From way back. That's like the equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. This this question right here in my hands. Um I mean you're watching somebody die. I mean you can go on YouTube and look at JFK get shot. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. That's kind of morbid question, but I mm. I can't I think I'm intrigued enough, but I don't think I could. I I don't think I can watch a man fall to his death. Especially yeah. someone that I particularly care for. I I wouldn't be able to watch it just because I've been a wrestling fan for thirty years. And I know the story. I've seen the dark side of the ring. I've read the articles. I've yeah. seen the pictures. Right. I've seen the pictures of him unresponsive on the on, like a, on a, the apron. A I don't sti- need to even see a it. still photograph t- uh, carries oh, so much weight, yeah. you know. But no, to answer your question completely, I don't think I could. Would I be intrigued enough if it was if somebody else was watching, Jason? If you were watching it, right, and I just so happened to walk into the room, I'd put my eyes on it. Would I sit down? Enjoy a beverage and put it on? <laughs> no. No, because I'm not that sick in the yeah. head. But yeah. That's a good question, though, Jason. I appreciate that. Thank you. Next question comes from Jay Tullock. A bad gimmick that you really liked? Mm. Hmm. There's so many bad gimmicks. Like, if you look at the... Okay. Doink. Yeah. Doink. Well, but he, was, he really, was he really a bad gimmick, though? No. Doink was, the clown? It was actually... I mean... Depends on how you look at it. No, it was actually a gimmick that they hadn't tried before. Yeah, it was, it was a clown, but he was evil once the match started Which, and once the match I went mean, on. Everybody doesn't like e- uh, clowns. Again, you know, yeah. Like, clowns are either clown viewed as scary or like, I mean, obviously look at it. I mean, that's a scary clown. Yeah. But when you're five years old and you see a guy running up to you with face paint on and red hair and a huge red nose, it's kind of scary. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that gimmick really worked because the new generation was so focused around the kids still mm-hmm. that... And they were very, like, cartoonish kind of characters. You had yeah. uh, the Repo Man at that point, oh right? Oh, my God. You know, like well, you Rep- had... Repo Man was 92, like, late... Well, it was, it was late golden, early new generation. But, like, when you think new generation gimmicks, Duke the Dumpster, the Goon, Bastion Booger... Um, you had Farouk when you when you had the the, the Trojan helmet, helmet oh on. You had uh, just a lot of he, different Farouk gimmicks. Farouk looked like he should bomb. He should have um, been driving a short bus. Yes, with a helmet on. You know, like oh my god. Yeah, my my least favorite gimmick, but I, wait, no, a bad gimmick that I really liked. Um, eh, this one's a little tough. 
It's a good question. The, the tough a, ones are the good This is a good question because current programming, there aren't really many gimmicks. There aren't really many gimmicks right now in wrestling, if you really think about it. You have like a messiah. You have, you know, a lot of the gimmicks are people that are... Here you go. Chuck and Palumbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Repo Man was really funny. Just because you knew he was just a glorified jobber. He used to run down the ring and try to steal stuff. Brooklyn Brawler. Brooklyn Brawler, straight up jobber. I'm trying to think of anything current. I can't. It, no, this isn't. A, for me, this is golden era. Well, because there's a. Yeah, go ahead. Look to your figures. There you go. Akeem was really bad, but he was really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you called him Akeem the South African dream, yeah. it would have. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm being very serious. It would have worked a lot better. Um, than the African dream. Yeah, because he was he was the one man gang, and then he his first vignette was in downtown Harlem doing talking about being from Africa. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, I like the gimmick, but I just a lot of people think it's bad. So yeah. that I also enjoy the Mountie gimmick, being a Canadian officer and having the little um cattle prod. That was really funny. So I, I'm gonna say the Mountie and Akeem. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So what about for you? Um, I'm trying to think because, like, you can go to Attitude Era, oh, too, yeah. and they were just throwing <laughs> shit at you. Yeah. Um, Chaz. Remember Chaz, who was uh, Mosh, mm-hmm. I think, of the Headbangers? Cha- yep. Yep. Yeah. Meat. I, I did like Remember that. Meat? Thank you. <laughs> meat. Oh, my God. That was Sean Stasiak. Yeah. Meat. Uh, <laughs> what, he had the pink or purple... Um, like tight with lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I see him vividly. Yeah, Sean Zaziak. Mm-hmm. Meat. Oh man. Um, I didn't like Perry Saturn's character with the mop. Yeah, he got that because you know how that happened. He no. was wrestling some uh guy at the dark match, and the guy he had the mop. He looks like Toxic Avenger. You know, yeah. Toxic Avenger had a mop. The guy didn't do a move the right way, and he almost hurt Saturn. So, like, Saturn took it out of him, like, kicked him in the head and punched him in real life. Oh, jeez. So, um, he, the the jobber botched a move on Saturn, and then he beat the crap out of him. He got punished for doing it. So, that's why he walked around with a mop. Wow. Yeah, but it was actually, he's most remembered for having a mop in WWF. Well, he also went kind of, I mean, kind of ended up living that game because he's kind of not all there right now. No, he's not. Unfortunately, I mean, it's sad to say it, but shit. Yeah. God. All right. You're up. Not my turn. These questions are great, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Gotta shake it. Shake up the satchel, the wicker basket. Okay. From Jay. Dalek. <laughs> How bizarre was Goldust? He went on a rant. And he a did. Half, I man. didn't write the rest of that comment. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, this is where it's our... Well, of course. I mean, how bizarre was Goldust? I mean, let's just... Jay, 10 points if you come dressed up as Goldust <laughs> and you just do the the thing right in Tom's doorstep and then you just leave. Like, uh, oh, man, I'll pay you to just to come How down. How bizarre. How it. controversial was Goldust? We've never seen a character like that before. No. That you really never did. Tw- uh, teetering that line. It actually fit. And Goldust was part of the new generation and came he over was. to the Attitude Era. And, and some could say that he helped bring that Attitude Era um, he was one of the people responsible flow. for, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for his character, Goldust kissing alone. other wrestlers. Yeah, like, that was unheard. Giving of. mouth to mouth to Ahmed Johnson and basically making out with him because I remember Ahmed Johnson's lips are bright gold. Yes, yes. Um, remember, Goldust was a 
was a multi-time he's intercontinental champion. champion. Yep. Him and uh, Triple H went out. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, yeah. I remember. The the vignettes with him and Razor Ramon, you know, when he first started being this this figure, that this mysterious figure and bringing in Marlena. Yeah. I who, liked when he would do I, – I just loved his Hollywood, like, it was – what was it, Gold Duck uh, – Gold – dust promotion or production 24 or 24 carat production there you go yep. he had the infamous match at wrestlemania 12 backlot brawl against roddy piper even though that was supposed to be somebody else but he was hurt so piper got thrown in mm. i forgot what a wrestler it was but it wasn't supposed to be piper it was supposed to be somebody else and they actually filmed that during the week and then they just they went live when they came back to the arena. Because remember, it started in the backlot brawl. Then they chased yeah. around Los Angeles like it was OJ during that time. Like Vince bought a white Bronco and everything. So Goldust goes in there, chases him down the highway. Well, Piper's driving that. Goldust is driving the, the beat-up gold Cadillac. And then they went live when they back to the arena because it was at the pond in Anaheim. Wow. And uh, they finished the match there. But, but yeah, Goldust is bizarre as he was. He was definitely a cog piece. Oh, he was great. Um, for that time period, great character. Yeah, great character. Yeah, great and the question. final cut right was his finishing move. Yeah, it was. It was um, it's basically what a crossroads. Yeah, now. crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is this next question is from Rewind Recap Relive on Instagram, which is a great show, also on YouTube where. Uh, me and the, me and um, the creator have been talking on Instagram, and the concept of the show is to have uh, it's a podcast where you interview a wrestler from the past, a wrestler from the future, and you're hosting it. So this is from Rewind, Recap, Relive. You can check them out on Instagram and their YouTube show. Thoughts on early Royal Rumble picks from what the current landscape looks like? So we've been saying this in nauseam. That the current Royal Rumble pick is, in my opinion, it all depends. It's either going to be Big E or it's going to be Edge. Yeah. Just because of the what the program And also, is. the dimension is two different shows, which also is, is nice, too, because you can see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Instead of them both being from the same show. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the winner of the Rumble is going to determine everything going forward, man. That Rumble winner has the chance to set the precedent for the whole rest of next year in some way. Um, obviously we know, you know, uh, I think WrestleMania is at the end of March next year. It is. And I'm sure that the WWE has somebody picked out in their mind what they're doing. Honestly, they like, always do. yeah, like we said, if it's, if it's Big E, that means the rock's not going to be there. And for once, it's not going to involve Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's not. But, well, we say that now, yeah. lest we forget, but, um, and you, have you seen his beard by the way? Yes. It's weird. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, no, I, I got to kind of answer the question with your same answer um because that's where it's gonna go that that's it i i don't see anybody else filling up those spots and having different turnouts because of it going into mania season it just i don't know there's no wrestler right now that can keep up with the reins and listen if in the ring our answer ends up changing kudos to them because you know we all figured it out already you know months beforehand so yeah, but right now, right now on paper, it makes the most sense because of what Roman is doing with the whole family to bring in the Rock. So that means that yeah. Big E is not going to win it. So you want to set up Edge and Orton, which they've been talking about in an I Quit match at Mania. So it's either going to be Edge or it's either going to be Big E. Right. That's it. Yep. So Alex is next on the satchel. He's, He's shaking it in. in the he's shaking up the satchel. <clears throat> 
He's shaking. Where do you get all these cool little like funky uh things? God, Jay, how many questions? You should just really come here. <laughs> Veterans of the dungeon. Where are they now? Okay, so the dungeon was a was a stable in WCW. This was in 1994-95 when Hogan got there. It consisted of Kevin Sullivan, aka um, Nancy Benoit's ex. Mm -hmm. X. Mm -hmm. It had uh, Shark, which was Earthquake. It had the Zodiac, which is Brutus the Barber. And I believe the Yeti was in there too. Oh, God. And another person. The Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, if you look at if you look at them now, unfortunately, Earthquake has passed away. Yep. Uh, John Tenta was his real name. Uh, Brutus the Barber. I see him all the time at like retro fest signings and I think he just pumped my gas today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was on um you can see, you can see Brutus the Barber on YouTube doing various shoot interviews. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Any wrestling conventions that involve the eighties, Brutus the Barber is going he to be there. He was supposed to be at the one that was at iPlay yes. this year, right? Yep. He was supposed to be there. And Million Dollar Man, I think, was going to yeah. be a bunch of other people. A bunch of other yeah. guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, the, they tore that old 80s circuit. Oh, yeah. Demolition. <laughs> Demolition's a big one. Ricky the Dragon, Ted DiBiase, uh, Tugboat, Earthquake. Oh, no, not Earthquake, yeah. obviously. Um, Brutus the Barber, like I said. Um, Hacksaw who, who Jim Duggan. Do we know who played No, the I don't know who the mm -hmm. Yeti was. But... The the dungeon was a weird gimmick because you can tell obviously that it was old recycled WWF wrestlers, but it it was very very playful, very kiddish, and it didn't pose a threat. I think in WCW. Do you ever watch the dungeon? I know the of vignettes it. I were have cool. Not, no, the vignettes were really cool because like it literally looked like a dungeon. I remember the green lights and the smoke, and you had that, Kevin that, Sullivan was that the, I task, the yeah, taskmaster. Taskmaster. Yep. Yeah, and he was. I don't know much about his wrestling career, but outside the ring, I know he was very, very different. Mm -hmm. I know, like, he was very, like, especially when they talked about him and Nancy Benoit, like, he was very, like, authoritative and he was very strict. Yeah. So it was kind of like Macho Man a little bit, but then, like, that was weird. Yeah, because... but Macho Man didn't also beat Nancy Benoit yeah. either. So there's yeah, I think, well, he there. did, I think, right? He he beat uh, Sullivan beat her. Yeah, yeah. And then she left him, and then went with Chris Benoit. Right after, and they were feuding at the time. Too, yeah, which and he was crazy. Yeah, that was weird. And he denied to That's be. That's equivalent of uh, Hardy and Edge. Yeah, he denied to be a part of Dark Side of the Ring. Right, Kevin yep. Sullivan. Correct. Did. And I think they asked him multiple times to talk about not just Benoit himself, but, but um, also Nancy, Nancy and yeah. the whole storyline. He refused to be on there because there could be some information that would have got leaked out that wouldn't have been positive that no one knew about. So. Right. Um, he's a mysterious character who I still think has a lot of demons in the closet, but as far as the dungeon is concerned, I saw it as a recycled and a waste of a gimmick only to get Hulk Hogan over. Cause that's when Hulk Hogan came into WCW. Pull his buddies over there yep. more and more, right? Anthony Pino. Can wrestling survive its current state of having a dozen plus hours of TV per week? There is a lot of wrestling on television. It's if you really content. if you really break it down, there's seven hours of uh, WWE on every week. Between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, then you have the 
hour long 205 live it's eight you have impact which is 10 you have AEW, which is 12 so again and if you watch new japan whenever yes. they're there if you watch new japan get it i don't think it's gonna get stale or old only because of the different varieties of wrestling there is yeah did you I mention think... nwa which i no, think I, didn't. It, I think nwa is... power yeah i think it it's either stopped production for now or they're you're doing something I forget. Okay, it's but yeah, two hours, fourteen yeah. hours. I just think that there's so many different. I see it's it, there's so rest, many different channels yeah. and um, tastes. It is. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the category of what kind of music do you like? Mm-hmm. You can say I like I like hip hop, I like punk, I like rock. What kind of wrestling do you watch? Well, you know, I like to watch old WWE. I like to watch new generation. I like to watch Impact. I like to watch. I don't think it's going to get stale because of the different varieties of shows and the different varieties of characters and gimmicks there are yeah. and different storylines. Um, I've been noticing, though, that on AEW, they've been doing a lot of things that I never thought that they would do. Like with their storylines, like I think they're going to see you're going to see Chris Jericho turn face, in my opinion, because MJF beat him at full gear. And he's part of Inner Circle and now. He's part right? of Inner Circle him now. And Wardlow. Yeah, so I think that the, I think the AEW is doing some wwe-esque things that they thought that they said that, that they would yeah, never do that they would never do never say never right never say never yeah but i mean if you like you see AEW, the wrestling is good but i feel like it's very scheduled and set up like if you watch an AEW match this it's a spot fest, I guess you can say. Spot fest, great. Word. You can see That's what where, a lot of other yeah. people in podcasts say. It's you can, spot heavy. It's very spot heavy. Like you can see him get into position to take a double super kick. You can see. Oh, well, the the young bucks did a three D into a swanton, or no, it was a twist of fate into the swanton, like you know, homage to the Hardys and yeah. stuff. As and I think they either finished the match or it was a kick out, but. Um, you know, they're just recycling old tropes. Yeah, like the stuff. the finish of that match when the where the Young Bucks won was uh, Dash. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a he tried to do a four fifty off the top rope, off the ropes, not the turnbuckle, the ropes, and he wow. missed. He got up and he got super kicked by I think Nick Jackson and he pinned him to win the title belt off a super kick. Yeah, I guess that's our thing, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I can't tell you the, what the what the Young Bucks finisher is because that's all it is is super kicks. Super kick party. Yeah. They have a shirt. Yeah. They have a couple shirts like couple, that. Yeah. Again, I think they're very overrated and I think they're trash, but it is what it is. I mean, there's just too spot heavy. Yeah. It depends on what kind of wrestling you like to answer the question for you, Anthony. It's either, it's either, do you like wrestling that's a lot of spots or do you like wrestling that's a lot more, it's more contrived, fluid? More, yeah. No, I think that I think the WWE is very fluid with their matches. I don't think it's a lot of spot heavy. I think that's more spot heavy in NXT some parts because yeah. I think the wrestling is ten times better, but it's also set up a little bit differently. Right, it's a product of whoever's telling the story and whatever company's running it. Like you can see the style of wrestling between all of these shows you've mentioned, and it's completely different from mm-hmm. the last one. Impact is very everything. Everybody borrows. Everything Did you ever watch Impact? Uh, I have uh, not in a while. No, um, but yeah, I have just flipped through the channels. I think it's on like AXS or yeah, something. Yeah, no, Impact has no fans. It's an empty studio, but the wrestling's not bad. They Tommy got some, Dreamer's keeping that thing going. Yeah, man. they got some weird storylines. Like one of the wrestlers got shot. shot. Yeah, yeah. Who, it's like uh, who shot uh, who shot Jr. Like in the show Dallas. Yeah, and like uh, Maggie. 
uh, who shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> who did shoot Mr. Burns? Maggie. Oh, uh, she yeah. did? Yeah, I remember that vividly. I, I'm it was a big, big thing. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, it was a big thing yeah. back then. But to answer your question, Anthony, I think it can survive hours and hours of programming just because there's so much different, to, so many different things to watch. I think it can survive. Plus, plus but you can go on the network and watch even more. Right. The, the, the network acts as... There's almost too much content. Yes and, and you no. Get, you get like burnout from all that well, stuff. Well, every Raw SmackDown NXT is on the network the next day too. Mm. So you're taking stuff that's on cable TV and putting it on the network where you can watch everything at. Right. So to have that is something that's really good too. I think we need the fans back to come. Oh, we to, do need to come the fans back, back at some point to kind of change what we're watching because at this rate of what we're seeing, you know, given the environment of the country, in the world, um, it's going to get stale. So we have to keep evolving. Yeah. Um, but as far as content goes, there's plenty of content as, as you described, there's at least 12 to 14 hours, um, you know, give or take, and it could be even more if you have a pay-per-view yeah. on a Sunday. Um, but I, th- it'll survive, but I don't know how long before, you know, you have to kind of tweak it again. Well, think about it. They started doing shows in the closed circuit in March. Right. So that was th- March that that eight months, so we're approaching nine months of doing shows with no fans, and every month it's changed. No, remember, which, a, which isn't bad. AEW has fans, correct? Live fans mm-hmm. in Jackson, and you heard them singing Judas the other yeah, day. They sing it every time. Mm-hmm. WWE doesn't have live fans. They do an NXT, but yes. they don't have them at Raw and SmackDown. And it all depends on what the WWE wants to do for now because for storylines. Because again, a cheering or booing from someone watching the show on a television is not even close to what cheering and booing from a live perspective. They have is. the most control ever right now, and they have it. They have all this control in the palm of their hands that they've never, they haven't really had in years because you don't have the fans dictating your story for you. You can dictate where you want to go with the story and the story that you're thinking of can finally come out the way it's supposed to instead of having to change it in production the next week or whatever, or even dropping storylines as we see too often. So now you have all the power in the palm of your hands. Um, as Bray Wyatt used to say, uh, you have the whole world in your hands there and, um, you can tell what you want. Like the whole Roman reigns thing in front of a live crowd. I don't Phenomenal. I, it would be phenomenal. It would be amazing. But I think the element we would be missing is everything that we've gotten from a quiet arena, them, him and Jay talking to each other, it's, the verbiage it, it, that they're using. It like sells all that. it. It sells it. Thank more. you. And it helps bring and and hone in on how great that storyline actually is. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. No, I mean, I think I think it can ultimately survive, and I think it's doing a great job of surviving in the situation that the world is in right now. Because right, all you can do is adapt, adapt. You know what a regular show and what you're supposed to do, but now you have to adapt to the time. Because when you get the chance to go back to how things are supposed to be, that's the easy thing to do. Um, you know, you might have to tweak a couple stories now that you have the fans who are we're sitting at home anxiously waiting to get back in front of a live crowd and be a part of the stories again that they could just go rogue like i guarantee you if we're if, if we're able to have fans this year going into next year for wrestlemania that raw after wrestlemania 
will probably be one of the best ones in quite some time. It's going to be a phenomenal. Because, you know, we had, we had spoke on a, a previous episode saying that it's kind of lost its luster. You know, you used to really look forward to it. You know, you, you appreciate things when things are taken away from you more. And I think we're in that kind of situation now. Once we're able to go back and be part of the live crowd and feed off of everybody's energy, it's going to be awesome. And hopefully there's no beach balls involved. I don't No, there'll be no beach balls. I, I, again, it's going to be so many different regulations now. I know. Um, of of what the fans think about where they can sit. Because they were packing us in there, boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at WrestleMania. It was crazy. Yeah, you definitely felt like uh, um, sardines. Yeah. All right. Next All right. question in so, the satchel. From Christine, if you joined any faction of all time, what would it be? <laughs> you, Tommy, joining the first white guy in New Day. You're gonna <laughs> be like the uh, Owen Hart of. Uh, I'll be the, the third. Nation. I'll be the third white guy in the nation. Um, I would never join the New Day. See, I would want to join a faction that really had a great run and really did so much um to help you know the, the help towards the betterment of wrestling i guess and to really be something meaningful is that what you're getting at yeah and yeah. for me ooh this is tough can be a part of the oddities no i would be part of the nation of domination I would be part of the Nation of Domination because just what that stable did in the time. Now, think about it. It was created by Farouk. It brought in The Rock. It brought in not just The Rock, but the birth of his personality and to see him evolve like that. Yeah. And they did have a lot of success with um, other factions, too, and having great storylines. But just to be part of that in that environment with trying to get the message over and all that stuff. I, I, I would say for me, the nation of domination, mm. what do you think? Well, I'm probably would want to be a part of, I would definitely be cool to be a part of the shield. Um, the undisputed era. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, cause each one of those guys brings a little bit something. And that's a, again, going back to previous episodes when we talked about factions, what makes the faction and all the elements that you bring to it, um, I think would be awesome. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't have any wrestling people in my lineage, but to be a part of uh, legacy, that would have been kind of cool. Legacy is awesome because you have Randy Orton and Batista young and you have the veteran and not legacy. I'm talking about evolution. You're talking about, I'm talking about, you're talking about legacy. Legacy. Oh, with Rhodes, DiBiase and, uh, and Orton. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. That one actually came to mind first. Nice. was Legacy. So I picked The Nation. You picked Legacy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Great question, Christine. You want to pick the next one? Yeah. Shaking my bag. Don't tease the bag, guys. Mm -hmm. You tease the bag, you get the mess. All right. Hey, it's from Ed. Uh, should WWE consider broadcasting their big pay-per-views, such as Mania, on network television like the Super Bowl? Ed, excellent fucking question. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we all know it has everything to do with money. Um, with the Super Bowl, we know it's about a million and change, and it goes up every year just to get an ad for 30 seconds, maybe even a minute. Yeah. Um, so advertisements would be huge. Um, and that's why I, 
it would I think they would consider it, but I don't think they would because a part of their business is running their own ads and the only thing it's it's sponsored by Snickers or whatever the hell. Um, I think there would be too many commercial breaks and then Mania would have to be split up in two days. There's no way. You have to. With all those commercial breaks, with are all, you kidding with, me? With, with, with all Advertisers the... would run the whole thing and I don't think the shows would be conducive enough to be like really good because everything would be all right and we're gonna go to commercial just how michael cole throws it you know somebody gets thrown out the ring and then all right let's see what happens when they come back um in theory it it sounds like a great idea but logistically i don't think it could ever happen i would love to see it because then that means it's big yeah um but knowing like ads and stuff I don't think it can work. But see, this is the difference between the Super Bowl and WrestleMania. People, I mean, people, money is money, but yeah, yeah, people go to Super Bowl parties that don't watch football. Absolutely, because what they want to watch the commercials. That's yes. why women come. Yeah, that's the commercials are meant for women. Yes, and football is meant for the guys, not so, to be sexist or anything. Yeah. but so would you really? I mean, I'm there for the nachos, the bagel bites, <laughs> and the pretzel the pizza nuggets, rolls. and you know. So would you would you host a WrestleMania party, and would you go if you never if you don't watch wrestling? The commercials come into play. Everything comes as, as a factor. Right. So then it becomes just like the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it does. But when you have it on the network and you have it on pay-per-view where you're making a lot, uh, you're making, I mean, face it, who buys WrestleMania off pay-per-view? Face it, who buys pay-per-view stuff if right. you don't have the network? And you got to think of like World Series and baseball. You know, baseball doesn't have that many uh, commercials when you think about no, it. The only commercials don't. are because of certain time they need to kill yeah. uh, with pitching changes or mound visits and and you know stuff like that um that's when you really get a commercial if not it's almost straight straight through and then when the innings end of course and if they the innings are going you know guys are batting around two three times it's a long time before you take a break it is um and god forbid there's an injury that's another way but um you know you have to think of what wrestling is is continuous stuff is you get vignettes and you get all these other little intricacies that might not it might be conducive for television but you have to really work it and really you know to get proper advertising you'd have to really sell those um those ad people on okay this is the flow of the show this one this is the time slot that we have for you to put you in there so how much you got to give us yeah yeah do i think wrestlemania can be on television I would love it to be as, as a much fan, as yes. as much as I would love it to be. Yes. Yeah. I don't see it happening though. It just there's too much money in all these other channels and yeah. buying subscription services. Now you're gonna see a lot of things. I the may, subscription service happen, is the best thing that McMahon has ever did. Yeah. Ten bucks a month. How many fucking millions of people have the network? A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of money he's making off of that. And right. you have your biggest show of the year on that network. So people buy into the network to or, get that. Right. Or if you don't want to buy the network 10 a month, you can spend 70 bucks on the pay-per-view and get it. You know what I mean? Right. If you're, you know, you watch every But at the same while. time, remember, SmackDown's on Fox. Mm-hmm. Fox hosts the Super Bowl. Fox can even say, listen, I want WrestleMania on network television. Then you have a pre-show, a post-show, shows leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Bring back. Uh, it would be awesome. Backstage. It would yeah. be awesome. I mean, you can do the picture in picture with the commercial going on, 
But then to me, that's different because I don't think WrestleMania deserves to have that. I think every second of WrestleMania means so much. Yeah, it needs to be because of the name. You know, your program riding on 37 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's your baby. It's you're going to take time away to have a to have a shampoo commercial or to have a commercial for one eight seven seven cars for kids. You know what I mean? Right. It's like or Doritos and fucking Pepsi and yeah you know, right yeah so it also it lends to the advertising because you don't see too many like beer commercials like beer commercials alcohol sells the Super Bowl it does um you would have cars. to figure out in cars you in would have movies. to and, yeah you would have to figure out who your fan base is and market to that and mm-hmm. what do they like um you can probably still do alcohol but you don't right now you know even on Fox and all that. So, um, like, would you interrupt? Let's say you get Rock versus Roman. Would you interrupt that? (laughs) Hold on. Here's a special commercial for Q-tips. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, oh, my God. You can't. For head and shoulders or or whatever. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. And then we see, like, a vignette of the New Day playing with shampoo in the shower or something like that. But here, thank you, because you went where I'm going. The only way. New Day in the shower? (laughs) No, no. That's big, meaty men slapping meat. No, um. The only way I could see that happening is if you cut like they used to do actual promos with the wrestlers holding the product. Yeah, Pizza Hut did it. It's part of the show. Yeah. But it's still an ad. Remember when Dolph Ziggler dressed up as Colonel Sanders? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. That's the only way that that would work. You don't have to cut away. You just go it. You know, you do it. So it's like go beat around the bush. I like bit. the idea of it happening. I can see it happening, but it won't. Ed, excellent question. Question, man. Ed. Awesome. All right, another. <laughs> Is your wife again? No, it's another question from Ed. Oh. What would you prefer to be a witness of: the castration of Val Venus or the birth of May Young's hand? Wow, Ed, you. <laughs> <laughs> he went from like super serious. He went from like super serious to joking. <laughs> uh. I would say May Young's hand. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna watch. Val Venus get, get castrated live by Kai and Ty. I would see the birth of the hand just because it was such a stupid storyline and it was an actual hand that got birthed. And where, did you see when on the Raw reunion episode when the hand the the guy dressed up as a hand? Oh no! Uh, you know what would have been funny if it was like the um, hamburger helper guy. That well. <laughs> No lie, it was like the Raw reunion and Mae Young was on the show and Mark Henry. And like this guy walks into the room who has glasses on. He's dressed up as like a hand. And all you hear is Jerry Lawler start cracking up. He's like, look, mom, it's me. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Just because that that whole gimmick of Henry, first of all, getting Mae Young pregnant was hilarious. I think I would go with the birth of Mae Young's hand. Okay. That's fair. Um, um, I'll just for for shits and giggles, I'll go the opposite of that. I'll, <laughs> Watching I'm gonna, Val Venus yeah, let's see Kai and Ty. <laughs> choppy, <laughs> choppy, yo pee pee. Choppy, choppy, yo pee pee. Oh, yeah. Enough said. I mean, that's good. Yeah, straight, good. That's good question, Ed. Even though your other question was better, but um, wait, good way to back it up. I love Went you. From zero to hundred. Zero right to hundred, real God. quick. And both you and Jay will come on the show very soon, just so you guys know. All right. This question's from Anthony Ferretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, WrestleMania 16. If Austin's in the main event, which man is in his corner, and who does he replace? That is a great question because the 
The match at see, this is the funny thing. That match where they had four McMahons in in, in the corner. You had Vince representing The Rock. You had The Big Show with Shane. You had Linda with Mick Foley. And you had Stephanie with Triple H. The one that's that doesn't stand out in my mind is Mick Foley. Yeah, Linda and Mick. I don't know why Mick Foley was in that match. It's no Mankind. It's it's no Catfish Jack. It's no Do Love. It's, it's just Mick, Mick Foley. Foley. Right. I think that, that he stood out as being the weak link in that match. So I would take him out. I would put Austin in that match. And which McMahon lines up with Austin? I think Linda's probably the yeah. only one if that's... you swap the wrestler for the wrestler and leave the McMahon yeah. there, yeah. I think that Vince stays with The Rock because he sees The Rock being the future. Shane brings in the big guy. Stephanie's banging Triple H, who was the champion. So I think Stephanie... I mean, I think Linda would only be the one that would be able to tame Stone Cold, and the yeah. one that Stone Cold would just say, hey, and the then, hell with it. And then she's going to eat a stunner for shits and giggles. Everybody anyway. hits Everybody. a stunner. The yep. popcorn guy eats a stunner. The t-shirt guy hits a stunner. <laughs> yes. The babysitting in section four, row two, gets a stunner. Right. You and, know a beer I mean? for, and a beer. And a beer. Yeah. So to answer your question, question Anthony Ferretti, I think it's going to be... You take out Mick Foley, and you just align Stone Cold with Linda McMahon. Jay Tulloch, fuck, marry, kill, Sable, Sonny, Trish. <laughs> I seen that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sable, Sonny, and Trish. Fuck, uh, marry, kill. What, what are the... Um, I'm asking this as if he's here, he's going to change the yeah, question. The prime time of their... Yeah, okay, I would say you. prime. Yeah, thank you. Fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> I would probably kill Sonny. Okay. I would marry Trish and I would fuck Sable. Just the Sable thing is like, you know, like the one time thing. I'm good with that. Trish is just a smoke show through and through in her prime. And Sonny was just, you know, Sonny got involved with so much. And that was before my, you know, teenage years. So I would say if I'm a teenager, I definitely want to bang Sable and I would marry Trish and Sonny. Yeah. She took she took a lot of stuff downhill after she was done with WWF. So yeah, she took a lot of stuff. Beer yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would go in that order. I cannot disagree with you. I, and end of question because that was the perfect. The response. only thing that I would flip would maybe be Trish and Sable, but Sunny is definitely in that kill category. Nah, I, I'd, I'd keep it exactly how you yeah. got it. It's a perfect sequence. Now was Sable like your favorite when younger? Well, I mean, you know, who wasn't? I mean, yeah, Sable, Deborah, you know. Um, you had Miss Kitty back then. Miss right? Kitty, Bob. you had um, Jack. Tori, you had um, Marlena, you had all of them. Yeah. Ivory was there. Ivory was, yeah. She was okay. Lita. Lita was okay. Yeah? Yeah. Just didn't go for it? Didn't, didn't. What about Lita when she was with Edge? talking a little bit more yeah, yeah. Right? But, yeah but no to answer the question i i, I can't disagree with you. you yeah hit the nail on the head with that one yeah exact same order all right right all right oh we're getting down to the nitty-gritty we're getting Only... down we're getting down to the well look who put a push pin in yeah. here to set me up so i can hurt myself okay oh i grabbed oh it's two there's a lot more questions in there. this is never gonna end it's gonna end oh well, i we, get a we, question well you know what we we appreciate you answering all these questions. Yes, yes. So. I, I get a question from uh, the miraculous Christine Lisi. What male and female wrestlers are your wife's favorite? Oh, God. Well, this one's easy. Christine's favorite wrestler is Rennie Orton just because she likes to look at him. 
and she hates Asuka. She hates Asuka because of the way that like she just banters and yells. She's like, why is she doing that? Oh. I'm like, because it's for comedic purposes. Yeah. I, and she's I, like, I still don't get it. I really wish that they would just start putting random subtitles underneath it. Yes. Like, come on. that Give me that. Give me yeah. that. And that helps me so much more. But apparently her favorite wrestler is Becky Lynch, female. So she likes Becky Lynch and Randy Orton because Randy Orton's... Randy Orton and Finn Balor are, quote, fun to look at, she says. Oh, so it's like your dad, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. She's fun going to there. look at. Uh, and she likes, she loves Cesaro because she does his little. Oh, the two, two, two. Two, two, two. And she likes Bobby Roode because she screams around and says Gloria. So I just thought she wants a mustache, right? <laughs> well done, Gertie. Oh, that was almost a water skit. I, I, was, I was trying to get you at that yeah. right time. You see that comedic timing. <laughs> Alex for the win. Uh, so to answer my que- to answer my part of the question for my wife, she loves Roman, and female wrestler. If it isn't Becky, um, it's definitely Sasha. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah she she sure. has she has, she has a lot of Sasha merch. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is the boss at home. That is for <laughs> damn sure. It's boss time. <laughs> Michael Cole. Michael Cole. No help. Jeff Noise. Noise. How do we go so long without answering questions? <laughs> Which return was the biggest pop for you? Like Road Warriors pop? Yeah, the biggest pop for for your personal category of that. Oh, Which return? Oh, oh, oh. The Undertaker returning as the ultimate badass was awesome. Well, debuting but returning that at was the in same 2000? time. Yeah, around there. Judgment Day? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was awesome. They played that, yeah. Because you didn't know, first of all, you seeing him, you didn't know who it was. Seeing him on a Harley was crazy. Uh, and the fact that it was the Undertaker, not in his normal gimmick, was yeah. Like, what that right there is cool. Like that's probably up there for me. Yeah. Biggest pop from a return. Yeah. Undertaker, like you know, when the game came back, when Triple H came back after his knee surgery, was like you know, again. Unpopular opinion. I wasn't a big fan of Triple H growing up. Mm, mm. I'm really not. I mean, g- granted, he was always in the right position at the right time, and I know that he held the he held the top of the WWE together when he was in Evolution and when he was doing always involved, fourteen time champion. But right. to me, I, I want to put I in my personal opinion, I want to put him top five for me. Um, same thing with Randy Orton. Everyone says Randy Orton's top five. I don't think he's top five. I think he might be between 10 and 15. Are you talking about current or just yeah, obviously. all together? Okay. I think Randy Orton's top 10 to 15. I think Triple H is top 10 with him leaning towards the 8, 9, 10 category. That's fair. Um, but as far as returns, I would say Undertaker okay. coming up as the badass, but returning from him being a wrestler. I mean, you can't ever go wrong with the millions of times Austin came back. Yeah. Um, and the rock to rock. Yeah. Um, so I want to almost take them out of it because they've gone and come back so many times, but each time it's like bigger than the last. Yeah. So kudos to them. Um, I'm looking at the poster behind you when Tron Michaels came back, like officially, that was great. When he won the elimination chamber. Yeah. In Survivor Series. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a mass. For Square me Garden. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because I, I, I'm a fan of Michael's myself. He talks about that in his autobiography, I remember. And he talks about how he wore shit brown colored trunks. And he never wore shit brown. And he talks about how he won the title with the worst outfit that he ever wore. <laughs> and uh, chaps. Yeah. Like, well, Jimmy, the, I think he was talking about the, like shit brown with like teal hearts in it and stuff uh, like that. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was, a... it was his least favorite wardrobe for the biggest spot of his career, coming back and winning the World Heavyweight title. And I think when Hogan came back to WWE, that was that was huge. Uh, oh, when he was in the NWO? Yeah. Yeah. That was super big, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was big. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to think of what else. This Because this is a great question, because all it makes you think of is, like, how about moments. How about Sting? When, you know, when Sting debuted... Yeah, he walked out the out Survivor Series, yep. helped Ziggler get over on Rollins, and helped That's the right, authority uh, not make he was the uh, um, not survivor. make any decisions. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, even AJ Styles, man, when he when he debuted, oh Edge this year, at Edge the that was a big pop. AJ Styles it definitely had a big pop. like talking about pops that popped me. That John one, Cena that coming back me. after shoulder surgery uh, early at Rumble. When Edge came back this year, like my wife's like, "Why are you so excited?" I'm like. Yeah, we were sitting next to each other. We sprung up off the couch like, oh, my God. Yeah. On this day. (laughs) I see clearly. Yeah. Once you heard that, it's like, you think you know me. (laughs) On the day. (laughs) You should sing the intro one day. Anthony Pino. What wrestler do you trust the most to hit you with your finisher and not kill or hurt you? Uh, You can just say it, Tom. Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker. You think he'll kill you? No, he won't. He'll, he he would protect my head. I would love to be put into a tombstone, though. That's what, well, yeah. That's there's what I'm there's at. three wrestling moves that I would want to be held in: the walls, the old Lion Tamer, mm-hmm. the tombstone, and perfect plex. the perfect plex, or the three finishers that I would want to be on the recipient of. Because mm. I mean, if Mister Perfect can get the giant over, he can get my fat ass over. And then the old school lion tamer. I want to get hit by an elbow drop. Oh, by Macho Man, yeah. Done the right way. He always looks like he connects you. I mean, that's obviously that's the point. Because he he lays that framework in there, and he just falls accordingly. You know, like he lands in the right position every single time. And now we've seen some people drop an elbow, and it's like. Are you uh, dead? Like right in yeah. the throat? Like, I remember like even other moves. Like I remember I saw Dana Brooke give Sasha Banks a Swanton bomb or something like that. And she literally landed on her ribs and like didn't like you know like how when, when Hardy does it, he lands on the map but like his back will hit you. Yeah, he's he on He grazes you. you. He's on you enough that yeah. um he uses you as like a, a, a fulcrum yeah. in a way. Oh, put fancy word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he he does it class. the right way. I've yeah. seen some other people like when Ricochet does uh, his move. That's done well too. Yeah. As long as everybody's in the right spot, he does a good move too when he gets buried six feet underground. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so true. Yeah. No, but the, I like Jericho's original lime tamer because like the knee is in the back of the neck and just like the yeah. way it, that that's I always love that move. I'd and love, tombstone I'd love just to because take, it's a tombstone. I'd love man. to take a stunner and I would yeah. trust him enough. Oh yeah. Because then you can sell it. Yeah, and then I would love to get hit with the people's elbow. Again, uh, yeah. obviously these are safe moves. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, but yeah. I mean, if you would talk about the safest move, I would, I would, I would get hit by the end of days too by Corbin, just to see my body go like that back and forth. is pretty cool. Yeah, that um, takes a lot of strength, man. Yeah, it I does. tried, I tried doing that. Like, um, it's all momentum. It is. It's it's, it's science. A pendulum. Yeah. Yeah, but like, okay. Transfer of weight. Let's get the shitty moves out of the way. I would never want to get a. Um, oh, you know what? I, oh oh no. my God! What's the Miz's finisher? I I totally just blacked out. Uh, oh, skull crushing finale. finale. That's so, so dumb. Any face buster I'm not into. Skull crushing finale. Like, could you take a stomp? You think you could take a stomp properly? 
I'd love to. I'd love to eat an RKO. Oh done yeah. Well. Yeah. But it's also the person selling it. Yeah. I told you last week. Drew McIntyre doesn't take that. No, you got to lay flat like a pancake. You do. Yeah. You got to lay completely out. Rusev took a bad one too. Um, if you start turning on the side, it just doesn't hold the same. And then it looks like a, a diamond cutter, which I, will, I, will, I, will, I watched. Somebody put up a YouTube thing of like all the diamond cutters. From 1997? That, yeah, no, I watched I it last that. night, and I'm like, these are horrible. Yeah. He's just pulling you. I would love to take a Styles Clash. Uh, that's not safe, dude. You see the guy who he broke his neck? Yeah, because he didn't tuck his he head. He didn't back. tuck your head. If you don't tuck your head, if I have to. Yeah, but I would take one, though, because I would trust Styles. The other guy broke his neck because he didn't trust himself. Could you eat an F5? Yeah. An F5 is just a spinning face buster. That's you know true. what I mean? Do you ever see Wardlow's finisher? It's an F10. Where yeah. he spins you like a helicopter. Yep. But he only, he did it like on Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy is like three ounces. Yeah, He's he such did a it heavy, last like week or something to him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, there's so many finishers that I would love to take. Um, I mean, if we're talking about any women's finishers. Could you eat a DDT from Jake the Snake? Absolutely, oh, I would. Man, I would love a DDT from Jake the Snake. He did it so quick and he did it so effectively. Like, I mean, what finisher would I like to take from a woman? I would take a Twisted Bliss. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Um, the Oscar lot. I mean, it's a lot of holds more than moves. I would. I it would, is. Do you know? Do you I would notice take, that there's a lot of submission moves I would in take, women's wrestling? I would take the TKO or the uh, from Bianca Belair. Oh, the KOD. The mean. KOD. She's looking great. That's a. Way. That's a. That's a crazy move too. She's because she's great, got it. By the way. Oh yeah, well, she, she, it's a lot of strength too, it man. Is. That's crazy. It is. I'm trying to think of uh, women's wrestlers in uh, NXT who have some good finishers. The Riptide, I would take. That, that's just like a what? A pump handle slam, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Shout out to Test. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, right, Pete. Um, what else? Who? Uh... I would take a frog splash from Guerrero. Mm. I would take Montez Ford's frog splash. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean these are all moves that I would love to take, but I would. I have to put Taker and Perfect Plex up there. Yeah. I mean, they're safe, too. Yeah. You know? And the rock bottom is... I mean, I wouldn't want to take a rock bottom just because it's just a bump. And, like, the same thing with a spear. No, I would. It, it That's why, because it's super safe. How many rock bottoms did you give to your family members growing up? <laughs> Devin lot. and my brother Will ate rock bottoms left and right. <laughs> I'll tell rock you that right sandwich. now. Yeah. And you got to, like, exaggerate the arm going over. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you hoist kick up your the leg tights. out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that's the best. Yeah. All right. It definitely moves into the pool. It is. Next question, sir. I think it's your turn to pick. Satchel. Oh, Satchel yeah. questions. On the wrestling Satchel. From, from Ed again. You start your own company. What would you do to make it new and different uh, to what is already offered? Oh my god, Damn, if I'm starting hard. a new company. That goes back to the question about you know um, content that we had a little while ago. Um, because every everybody's content is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I would emphasize a lot in rankings, even though that AEW does and they they do kind of back and forth. But I would emphasize a lot do, on that. I feel like it's a rib. They do it as a rib. Yeah, rankings, maybe a couple tournaments. I would do. Um, so like NJPW, like yeah, New Japan style. Yeah, I would bring in different like trophies, not just have, belts, like, super juniors, and yeah. like, everything. Stuff like that is cool because it's just another avenue of winning. Well, because then it's, a more, it's a more of a sport in the yeah. sense that way. When you market standings, it that way. Yeah. If you have standings in different divisions of, you know, product and you have your mid card, not mid cards, yeah. but your middleweights, your heavyweights, your tag teams. Right. So if I started a promotion, I would definitely do more stuff with standings and brackets. and. I would do a and, King of the Ring style. Yeah. 
but like permanently. Almost like, uh, you know, when you play Mortal Kombat and you're going from the bottom to the top? Mm-hmm. I do it that way. Yeah. And you got to face Goro every time. <laughs> God damn it. And I think, I mean, AEW came out with wrestling and promos, and that's what everybody does. But I think to make yourself different, you would have to start something from the beginning. And I think the rankings and standings is something that I would do. Yeah, I would, you know, in, in a way of filming it, like I would film it exactly the way NXT is filmed. I do like that style. It's a mixture of independent with the WWE flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that style is how I would present my product. Yeah. Um, but I would, you know, to take your answer i would also increment actual standings and stuff that actually matters yeah stuff that yeah stuff that really matters and explain as to why it matters and then you know you got to have different mid card championships because everybody fighting for one isn't as special so if you mm-hmm. have different levels to this and different you know weight classes quote unquote um it i think it works better and you could build a better product that it way does. Nice question there. Thank you. Next question is from Dana Lisi, who is my aunt. Um, does Orton have the title long? Who does he lose it to? Is it going to be a back and forth thing with Drew McIntyre or a new storyline? Don't throw that out because I want to um, you just see it again. So good. Go so you, does you Orton have the title long? I think Orton's going to have the title all the way to WrestleMania. Now, that, so yes, now to answer that part of the question, there's so then, many yeah, factors long. that happen. You got to throw the Miz in there again. What are they going to do with this? Does the Miz cash in and lose ultimately, meaning a m- mediocre title or money in the briefcase run for him and Otis? Mm-hmm. I think Orin's going to have the title all the way to WrestleMania, and I think Drew McIntyre is not going to be involved with it. I think Drew McIntyre is going to fade away, and I think that's going to happen after December's pay per view. That's my opinion. Drew gets involved in the mid card stuff for a little bit before he comes back. To How the about main Drew event, and so. Bobby Lashley? Maybe. I mean, do you see him going to the U.S. title category? I think that I think that's reserved for Keith Lee. But I mean, they... well, then he also has a program built in with Keith Lee if he wants it, you know, or if they not if he wants it if they see that that's where they should go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, does Orton have it for a long time? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but then. These long-time championships, especially coming now at this time of the year, going into, let's say, you know, after Survivor Series starts that run to Mania in a way, um, it's, you know, it's predictable. But, you know, like you said earlier, it's like who's going to take the belt off of this person? And then why would they do it? And then that changes the next plan. So it's just like a bunch of, like, why? I think I think why all the, would you do it? All would the justify all, it. All the plans and storylines with Orton right now is just waiting for Edge to come back. Yeah, that's all it is. So honestly. everything else is just filler. Yeah, that and, sucks. And it, it, it's on the other show too. It's filler. Yeah, it all, that, it all, I mean, it all yeah, depends. That's, that's true. It all depends on what The Rock wants to do. That's true. The, the Rock is going to determine the program. I think if uh, and you know and The Rock is. Um, Everything with The Rock is contingent upon fans. So the way of the world. Exactly. So the world weighs in on what we're going to get. The world weighs in on professional wrestling. I think if they need to, Bray Wyatt can slide in that position um, on Raw if they feel otherwise. And I think that is the fail safe for them. For Raw is is Wyatt. Correct. Again, you're you're giving the character a belt that doesn't need a belt to be significant. No, and, and we make that point. A lot way too him. much. Way right. too much with him. Because it's true. Yeah. 
He doesn't need the belt to be big. No. Right now, he's aligned himself with Alexa Bliss, and this is the best programming he's done because you'll know what's coming next. Correct. Especially what's coming with her. She's she's being the vocal piece for him that, that he's never had while he's in that state of his yeah, character. Yeah, and you've seen that interaction uh, between her and uh, Nikki Cross last week. Yes. Um, which was very interesting, yep. and I know there's something built in there, too. Um, but it just depends on if they're both faces, so that's a little weird, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. Second to last question. Alex will read the last one. Ooh, yeah. This is the second to last one. From Jay Tullock. George the Animal Steel. <laughs> author, actor, teacher, wrestler. He did it all. Yes, he did do it all. Uh, George the Animal Steel. It's actually a really smart man. Former professor, former teacher, former whatever wrestler. He was viewed as a gimmick, in my opinion, more so than a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I think because you had a face that used to come in and eat the turnbuckles, had a green tongue, he put himself, you know, he had a love for Miss Elizabeth and the best run of his WWF career in the early days. Now, this is golden era. This is like 85, 86 was when he went against Macho Man at WrestleMania 2. That was like one of his WrestleMania um, 2. Yeah. And. I think that's the only significant value that he had in the WWF was viewed as more of a, no- a novelty or a gimmick yeah. for the kids. Yeah. Because I think the kids liked him beating up the ring and all this stuff. And yeah, destroying he did it, play uh, a big part in WrestleMania three. He was in he Ricky did. Steamboat's in the corner. corner. Yep. <clears throat> he was. He was the one that took the belt. He took the the um, the ring bell away from Macho, and Macho kicked them in the head, dropped the bell, and Macho picked the bell up and missed and hit himself on the head. Right, and also package. had a lot to do with the lead-up. Good night, get in the car, car, yeah. 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 So, George Animal Steel, he is a Hall of Famer. He deserves to be, I think, in my opinion, just because of what he did during the Golden Era and what he did for the fans in return. And he did have himself inserted into some important storylines and around one of the greatest matches of all time. Absolutely. So, Alex will read the last question in the Wrestling Satchel Part 2. All right. Here it is. I got to shake up the last question. You got to shake up the last question. Maybe it could change. The ink could change. Ah, from Jay Tullock. God damn, Jay. Who is the real brains of the McMahon family? And this is how we (laughs) end Satchel 2. This is how we... uh, Electric Boogaloo. Who is the real brains? Uh, The obvious answer is Vince. Senior. Well... Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. Vince Senior, I mean, obviously was responsible for creating the McMahon Empire, but I mean, I think the obvious answer is Vince McMahon himself, Junior. Yeah, just because of what he did by taking taking wrestling into the limelight, into national headlines, into the media waves, he did so much for the sport of professional wrestling that you can clearly say that he is the brains behind everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's any argument with that, though. I do think that Stephanie did do a great job of storylines and keeping up with the programs during the Attitude Era. And the same thing with Shane. I think Shane, I mean, Shane's been involved with the company since a very, very early age. He yeah. worked his way up. Setting up rings and stuff. Yeah, and setting his way up. Just getting ribbed backstage by yeah. all the wrestlers. And, he, you know, he did, put a, he did put his body in the line a lot of times in different matches. Most memorable, 32 WrestleMania, jumping off the top of the Hell in a Cell against Oof. Undertaker. I mean, that spot right there kind of just, de- like, defined what he did for his father's company. You yeah. Know? He comes back after... Like six years of not being on television, and and you insert yourself in that match against Undertaker at the event that the Undertaker built. Now going back to the like, pop question, how 
who had a big pop. Yeah. Shane did because that was I think Shane. in Detroit. Yeah, yeah I when Shane came back. Oh my god. Because it was some. Because you bogus, heard some rumblings about it. It was some bogus award that McMahon created, like the it was I think it was like the Vince McMahon Legacy Award. And I think he was giving it to himself. He was giving it to Stephanie. Oh, and then, okay, uh, all right. I thought he was giving it money. to himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he gets inserted with the match that night against Undertaker. Yeah, but the brains of the family is McMahon, but you really can't forget the stuff that Shane and and Linda. And Stephanie did to keep the storylines going, honestly. Yeah. And and having Linda be inserted into it, too, for that oh, short Linda, period of time. Linda in the wheelchair while he's making <laughs> out with Trish Stratus? Come on, man. That's some hilarious shit right yeah. there. Then she gets up, like, shot. Everyone's, like, flipping out. And then I remember the face that Vince made when she got out of the wheelchair. So she's not, like, a mute anymore. And then she just kicked them in the balls. <sighs> and then they all took a stunner, like, <laughs> 10 minutes later. No, I think I think right there it it has to be Vince, but you can't forget about what the other McMahons did. I think everybody, you know, who's the real brands? I think it's a collective effort. You know, obviously, if you had to put a, like a percentage on it, you know, Vince is doing the heavy lifting here. Like we we all know that. Absolutely, Vince doing all the heavy lifting. But with everything going on, I think if you had to rank them, right? You want to rank all the McMahons. Linda's four. Vince is one. Uh, Shane is three and Stephanie's two. two. Yeah. Considering the fact what she's also doing right now, um, being a businesswoman, I forget what her title is. Plus, let's not forget what Shane did with Raw Underground. (laughs) (laughs) Garbage. That's done. Wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, those shirts are probably on clearance now. But there was Raw Underground shirts? Yeah, there are. I think there's a black one and a red one, maybe. (laughs) Um, but, um, you know. This is the end of uh, our questions, and we want to hey, thank everybody. Listen, everybody out there, I'm going to clap. Right, we really appreciate all of our uh, fans out there that listen to Sunset Flip Radio. Right, and the Mediascope. For, uh, <laughs> for, what'd you say, for the Mediascope? Mediascope. Mediascope. For, um, video waves. Yeah, for the radio waves. We appreciate all our fans submitting these questions. And that's going to conclude the Wrestling Satchel for the month of November. Again, we will do in December. We'll do a special holiday edition where we'll be doing a special giveaway. We are going to give away a wrestling figure during the Wrestling Satchel episode of December who we think has the best question. That's going to be the winner of a lucky wrestling yeah, yeah. figure. Oh God, you know Jay and Ed. Are They're going to go all out to get the wrestling figure. And really, we have to determine what it is. We just thought of we it right have, now. We might have to do a rank <laughs> system. Like yes. write everybody's. Because you get the questions, you fill them out, and yeah. you write them on the paper. You might have to make a little board, and we'll just put it on the wall, and we'll just do a little tally. We'll rank the questions. Yeah, yeah. we got it. We got to do it fair. Yeah, is is Survivor Series? See, see, it's see, a point system, right? We're talking is. about points, points and standings. standings. That's that refers to Ed's question before. Right, there you go. Now Survivor Series. You said it's this Sunday. I, I'm no, bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's this Sunday. I think it's next Sunday. Okay. It should be next Sunday because then that's just going to leave us to what our next topic is going to be, which which is going to be the lead up to Survivor Series and the build up. Even though we already know what the build up is, it is November twenty second. So okay. no, still two weeks so, away. Yeah, so it's not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So next week. Next week. Yeah. Next so week next on, week we next have week to on do. Sons of Flip Radio. We're we going to have preview. We're going to have our preview of Survivor Series. Now everyone's probably thinking, well, how are you going to preview matches that are. Brand versus brand. Yeah, we're going to do that, but we're going to give it a little bit of a twist where we're going to determine what what storylines and topics are going to come out after Survivor Series right. because this can be just a ploy to 
build certain feuds and certain storylines leading into programming the week after. Right. So pay attention closely to Raw yeah. tonight, SmackDown Friday. Um, then obviously next week's two go home shows for yes. um, both uh, respective shows. Um, you know, we'll be doing the podcast before. So, you know, we might miss a couple things, but we'll give our perspective on, you know, what these outcomes will mean, what it doesn't mean, and does it really matter? Does it really <laughs> yeah, matter? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we keep talking about storylines and mania, but we're going to get a good future of what the current storylines going to tell gonna us. It's going to be a good this what week is the and word. next week. Um, it is going to be a great barometer. To see you and the go. fulcrum barometer is the fancy words you've been coming out today. Is that my character's name? Fulcrum, <laughs> fulcrum barometer. Oh, my yeah. God. Well. <laughs> Sounds like a bad tag team. It is. An AEW, An bad, AEW tag bad tag team. The fulcrum barometers. Fulcrum barometers. <laughs> wow. It sounds like a Midwest uh, yeah. Arena League football team. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Well, you can catch not just this episode of Sunset Flip Radio. But, but every episode. But all of the other 32 episodes of Sunset Flip Radio on Apple Podcast and Podbean. Please follow us on Instagram at Sunset Flip Radio. You can check us out on Facebook. Just type in at Sunset Flip Radio. You can email us at sunsetflippodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you like and follow our pages. We always post funny gifts, funny memes, fu- a lot of information such as our new business cards. And you never know. Hey, that yeah. sponsorship may be coming this week. So hey. make sure you like and follow us. As always, my name is Thomas Lisi. Always yeah, but join. Real quick. Hold on, Tom. Go ahead. You know, you know we're talking about these business cards, right? I want – we're going to start going to places and just start leaving them everywhere, yeah. right? I'm totally <laughs> going to do that today Yeah. and going forward every day. If you see the business card anywhere, take a picture. Post it on our page. I <laughs> yes. want to see where it's at. I'm very serious about that because that will be very cool. Some guerrilla marketing. Let's see how far we can get them out. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll just ship them to somebody in Canada. Yeah, because one of our listeners, Ontario. hey, just drop them off somewhere. <laughs> Hey, help us Dra- out. Drop them off at a curling rink or right. drop them off at an ice skating rink or something like that. Yeah, eh? Eh, yeah. But as always, I'm Thomas Lisi, when your co-host. Always join the most handsome man in the room, Alex Drayton. We are Sunset Flip Radio, and we are out for this week. Take care. Later. <laughs>